Welcome to our special quadruple-length episode of Making Shift Happen 180 Seconds at a Time. I'm Brad Smith. And I'm Christy Braden. Brad and I are co-founders of Inflection Point Leadership, and our podcast series is focused right now on how we all get through this together while still making shift happen. We're very excited to continue our series of Talking Shift With, where we bring in guests to give their perspective on making shift happen in these times. Our guest today is Susan Finnerty. Susan is the author of three books, Master the Matrix, Cross-Functional Influence, and the Cross-Functional Influence Playbook. She's the founder of Finnerty Consulting, and she happens to be a fabulous colleague, collaborator, and friend. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. Thank you very much, Christy. Thank you, Brad. Susan, you coined a phrase a few weeks ago in a blog post called Hope for the Residual. Tell us a little bit about what was on your mind and what that phrase is about. So I think, you know, as we entered this time of isolation and shelter in place and dramatically changing the way that we get work done, I kind of felt like the first week we were in it, we were just kind of scrambling to figure things out. And then week two is the week that I said shit got real. And in that week, I saw such a shift in my clients that I was talking to. And it was not necessarily terribly intentional. I saw people in their bathrobes. I saw people in ball caps. I got introduced to people's children, to their dogs. They saw my home office with my yoga mat and my plants. I had one client that was mouthing the words, I love you to his wife that was just off screen. So it looked like he was saying that to me. Clear wasn't the case because I had just met him. So it was just one of those weeks where it felt so human. And it was such a vulnerable time that first week that we started every conversation with, how are you? And genuinely asking that question. That right, question this time you wasn't, meant it. Yeah. yeah, you meant it for the first time. It wasn't like that intro statement. We genuinely wanted to know are you safe? Is everything okay? And so the content of what we were saying, I thought, changed. And it just felt very human and very vulnerable during that time. And it was a significant shift. And so that's what kind of got me thinking about, okay, all of this is really good. Like we are being real. The shield's off. And so much of what I talk about in kind of working across comes down to people really trusting each other. What I realize is the more human we are, the more we let down those shields, the more we're building trust. And so right now, because we're vulnerable, because we're being human, we're building trust at a completely different level than we would in our normal so-called work world. So my thought is, golly, I hope that stays. I hope that's Mm -hmm. a springboard. There's going to be a lot of things that we learn and we do differently in this phase that I hope is residual. I hope that we don't go back to normal, that we pull this through. And and now each week I've kind of said, okay, here's another thing that I think is really cool. Can we hold on to it? So that's where the hope for the residual kind of came from. Yeah, that's one thing that we've been talking about is we are learning a lot during all of this and, and every organization has got their own learnings. How are we making sure we actually capture those and leverage those going forward? Mm-hmm. And like you said, they just don't, they don't fall away. Have you seen any or, or used any tips with your clients to try to capture that? Yeah, I'm giving them the same, same advice. So, you know, I've got a couple of coaching clients that I'm really urging them to journal. 
I don't know if they've ever been journalers before, but now is the time because almost just for posterity's sake, right? Just, I mean, this is an extraordinary time, but also just to understand what we're learning to do, what we're learning about ourselves, what we're learning about others. So just informally, I've been telling my coaching clients just to capture it, literally capture it, journal about it, and then to start thinking about when your team comes back together, don't just pick up where you left off. You've got to do, at the very least, some debrief with your team to go, whoa, what the heck did we just go through? If we as leaders assume that we pick up where we left off, I think we're going to do ourselves and our team members a great disservice. So capture it now and then make sure at the very least you make time to talk through with your team what you want to pull through and what changes. I think there's that future piece, Susan. I also hear in what you're saying that the now is important as well. And so last week on our podcast, we actually were talking about the first part of the transitions model. So leaders helping people let go of what was and grieve some very real or perceived losses um, that are happening as people are moving into this new way of being that might be longer term than we think. And then once they're in kind of that neutral zone, it feels like that the more trust that has been built, the more safe they feel now as well as in the future to capture the creativity and innovation that are possible in that space. Exactly. And I think the trust that's being built right now is a different kind of trust. It feels more genuine and it feels more real. I have only half jokingly talked to people about fake trust. And sometimes you have to kind of, you know, fake it to make it with people. You got to trust in order to be trusted. But right now it feels genuine. And I think you do have to use that bit as the springboard. I think we've gotten a big dose of what is really important. And I mean, I find myself being more frank than I ever have. And I think when you're faced with things that we're dealing with as a global society, you look at things differently. We're granting so much more grace to people and to ourselves, I think, and I hope. But I also think we're just to the point where, where again, that with that vulnerability comes some frankness that was not there before. That's a really good residual too. Kindness is so important. And kindness sometimes means being frank and sharing something that the other person doesn't necessarily want to hear, but they really need to hear. I think we're all going to come out of this in a very different place with each of our partners. And so how do we leverage and use this, but how do we maintain that too? Because if we don't kind of keep at that same level in terms of what we're disclosing and what we're sharing and, and keep on trusting, I think our natural default will be to pull back and to trust less. So there's going to be yeah. some momentum that we go into this next phase with, but that momentum alone, I don't think is enough of a framework to change partnerships completely and for the good, we're going to need to kind of add to that momentum and keep pushing it. But this gives us, I think, a very rare window in resetting partnerships and putting them in a different place. One learning from what you've said, Susan, is for a leader, there's that phrase that we used a lot during 9-11 of never forget, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. that was a situation where we probably had that same type of empathy and maybe openness Mm -hmm. for a while after that, Mm -hmm. but we lost that over time. Yeah. And so how do we make sure that that doesn't happen again? The one thing that I think we have on our side that was less so in 9-11 is that if you believe it takes three weeks to form a habit... We're in week six. Yeah, that's very true. 
9-11 was fearful in a very different way. But after the week or 10 days, when we kind of settled back in, outside of our airport protocol, our lives didn't change that much. Now our lives yeah. have changed and I think will change even when we get through this. Almost it's going to be fortified by some changes in terms of how we get work done in the big picture will ensure that we hold on to it a little bit more than we did with 9-11. I might be you know, completely off by that, but it feels different from that perspective. Mm -hmm. It's so long term right. and most of us watch 9-11 at a distance. This is up close and personal and daily and long term that I think it's, it is different. The pearl that I kind of gleaned from what you just said, Susan, or the question that I'm starting to ask myself actually is, what did I let go of that I don't want to pick back up again? Right. And what have I started to do? What shifts have happened that I want to move forward with and create a long term habit around? There's probably a little bit of both, yeah. letting go of the things that didn't serve us as leaders, that didn't serve how we were working as organizations, and then picking up the authenticity and the trust and the grace that we've been able to create and truly making that into a habit in a way that we interact with each other, not just when we're in crisis. Right. Which is always the trick, right? So I, I talked mm -hmm. with a client about decision-making and they asked me the question, well, you know, Susan, how do you see decision-making impacted? And I think they thought I was going to say decision-making is negatively impacted right now. I think we're making some of our best decisions ever right now. Mm -hmm. Again, you're in a crisis. You don't have time to right. dig for yet one more data point. We got to make a decision. We got to mm -hmm. go. We don't have mm -hmm. time to be frustrated by the, the fact that I wasn't involved. I don't have time to hold that grudge. We have this decision-making that I actually think is improved because we're in crisis. So we're doing some of the best decision-making, I believe, as organizations that we've ever made. How do we hold on to that? Yeah, and remember what we did differently and impact that it had. What I also see is that people are getting really clear about top priorities yes. and criteria for decision-making that, for example, no matter what, we're not compromising employee safety. And then all else pales in comparison to that. And, right. and that is the decision guider. Yep, those, exactly. those priorities become increasingly clear. I have so many clients that I tease that they don't have minus buttons. They just right. have a plus button. They just add to their priority list as individuals, as well as organizations at the whole. Wait, we just got yep. great big minus buttons. We all just got minus buttons mm, installed in yeah. our calculators. Yeah. And we're using yeah. them. So don't lose mm -hmm. that. Like we are getting ruthless in our prioritization, which is a good thing. So with all we've discussed today, Susan, what's the one tip that you would give leaders in terms of what you can do to make sure that this hope for the residual actually sticks? My piece of advice for, for leaders is continue to be human. That piece, if nothing else changes... If we continue to bring our human self to work, be open with the grace that we grant ourselves with, be vulnerable, and grant grace to others, and see and appreciate their humanness, if we do that, quite frankly, I'll be out of a job. And that's not a bad thing. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for your wisdom. It's much appreciated. Yes, Susan, thank you so much for your insights today. Very helpful. For more information about this topic, please visit our show notes. Or to learn more about Susan's consulting, you can go to finnerdconsulting.com. And for Inflection Point Leadership, go to iplshifthappens.com. Susan, any last words for our audience? 
my final word is that we all need to be human and go make shift happen.